We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Alexander. McCollum staying with him. Spins, gets inside. Left-handed off the glass. Oh, what a sweet move. Giddy, tough spot. Back door. What a pass. What a play. And Jada picks the pocket of Trey Young. He'll take it himself. This is Dart. You're listening to the Uncontested. What is up, Thunder fans? And welcome to the Uncontested post-game podcast let me uh double check here i got my oh yeah okay just making sure my audio was sounding weird i'm your host for tonight taylor peterson you can find me on twitter at taylor underscore p15 and what a fun game that i get to break down with you all tonight as the thunder beat the defending champs yet again 119 to 93 in denver uh before we get any further we are a proud part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. If you don't already, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, we're on all social media platforms. And again, we're really pushing the YouTube channel. We're having a lot of fun with that. So be sure to subscribe to us at YouTube. And if you would be so considerate and nice, leave us a five-star rating wherever um, you listen to us on your, your podcast feeds. Like I mentioned, you can find us on all social me- media platforms. But we're having a lot of fun on YouTube, so be sure to subscribe there. Friends, what a fun, fun game as the Thunder win their third straight now uh, as they, they beat the Denver Nuggets, like I mentioned. Already a ton of you all in the chat, a ton of you all on the live stream. We appreciate you all greatly. So continue to drop those comments. I'll be sure to get to those towards the end. Just some notes here after this game. The Nuggets were on the second night of a back-to-back. Segabala, shout out Silva. Uh, defeat, they defeated the Grizzlies by almost 40 last night. Had a great game. Jokic had a triple-double without missing a shot, which was like absolutely absurd. And, I mean, we have to mention it. The Nuggets were without Aaron Gordon after he was mauled by a dog, which I, I don't mean to laugh at that. That's actually awful. Uh, it sounds really, really bad in terms of the stitches he's got and the fact that that would take him away from multiple games. But he wouldn't be the only player mauled by dogs after tonight because the Thunder are full of them. What the dog doing? I don't have the sounders, uh, but I would play it right now if I did. (laughs) However, the Thunder themselves were also on their third game in four nights. And after tonight, they win all three of those games. They won the sixth of their last seventh played. They're now nine and four on the road, which is the best road record in the league. But most importantly, 
The Thunder are now 3-0 since I've gotten and worn my new City Edition crew neck Nike shirt. Uh, so I might not ever wash this again until they lose. I'll see what the listeners think about that. I'll just stink for like every single uh, Thunder game from here on uh, if they continue to win. Maybe a new fun, uncontested Taylor tradition here. <laughs> but like I mentioned, just a ton of fun things to, to break down. I kind of have some big themes. We'll go ahead and go over, over them briefly, and then we'll just go ahead and dive into them because, like I said, there's a lot to break down. Really appreciate all the comments and all uh, and everybody in the chat. I'll be sure to get to those here as well. Uh, but my first big theme is that Chet was phenomenal, just insane. The next theme I have is the perfect Josh Kitty. Maybe that's a little bit of an overstatement. Still some, uh, some things you'd like to see from Josh, but, man, when Josh is playing at this level, it just takes his team to a whole new level. Thunder team stats, and mainly I'm going to get into uh, rebounds and steals, which is really impressive, again, against the defending champs and Jokic was playing. Dub's star impact, even though it wasn't his another big career scoring night, he had a significant impact on both ends of the floor. I'm really excited to break down Dub's game. And then I have MVP Shea, which, I mean, that says enough. <laughs> we'll get into the stats, some of the big things from Shea as well. And then finally, I kind of want to, in the podcast with some overall trade thoughts because there's been a lot of trade chatter in regards to this team, not just from like Thunder fans. That's not really who I'm even speaking to, I think. Um, but I saw a lot of like national media uh, teams or uh, people who cover the NBA nationally clamoring after that game two nights ago, that win two nights ago after the Thunder beat the Knicks. The, th the Thunder need to, you know, the, the time is now. This upcoming trade deadline, this is when the Thunder need to make some huge big trade. Um, I'm, I'm just going to kind of address that and give some of my thoughts as well. Like I mentioned, let's just go ahead and get into some of the huge themes here. Chet was just phenomenal 24 points, six rebounds, three assists, <coughs> excuse me, nine of 14 from the four, and four of four from three with two blocks. 17 of those points came in the first half, and he scored the Thunder's first 10. I mean, he just was absolutely. Just had Jokic in a spin cycle. Excuse me. Um, I mean, just that, that first quarter, Chet was getting to everybody he wanted. He could not be stopped regard, regardless if it was Jokic or if they were double-teaming him. I mean, just a phenomenal first quarter, really first half there from, from Chet. And I thought that like, kind of the epitome of Chet's game tonight, it wasn't just scoring. Chet's 14th point of the quarter of the first quarter came from a beautiful back and forth between dub and Chet where dub cut baseline Chet finds him with a beautiful pass. He's, he's there in the middle of the paint. He finds dub cutting Dub probably could have gone up and either gotten two points or gotten fouled, but instead he gets doubled down the post. He draws Chet's defender, throws it right back to Chet who's able to throw up a just beautiful mid range shot that he drained. And that's just kind of, the encapsulation, I think, of what we've seen from Chet. It's not just his scoring here over this recent stretch. It's his playmaking, especially when he gets the ball either at the top of the key, he's doing a ball fake or a left jab or whatever it may be. He's driving to the rim and he's finding teammates. He's not just forcing his shot. Yet at the same time, he's able to get to some of those shots, get to some of those spots, excuse me, and just get off a shot regardless of who's guarding him and being able to make some of those big-time plays. I thought that was just like the perfect, like I said, the perfect example of how Chet's been playing. And it led to another two points for him there in that first quarter. Uh, 14 first quarter points for Shea. Or sorry, Shea, Chet. Chet ends 
with 17 and a half. And then, like I mentioned, um, ends with 24 points, didn't score nearly as much in the second quarter, but was equally impactful. Also had two blocks. Again, just a staple of Chet's game. He just continues to be phenomenal. And like I said, he just continues to facilitate a high level. He's knocking down those open threes, which is significant when you have a floor spacer like that who's able to space the floor so much for Shea, Dub, even Giddy when he's driving. Uh, Shea actually mentioned that when he was being interviewed post-game by Gallo. And he mentioned, you know, when you have playmakers and, and floor spacer, team does, it makes Shea's job so much easier. It's kind of what he was getting at. And that's led by none other than Chet, who's just been phenomenal spacing the floor. But like I said, he's getting to his spots when needed. He's not forcing shots, but he certainly can get you a bucket when he needs to and is facilitating making the right reads. So there's just not enough to be said right now about Chet. And when he's playing at this level, I mean, again, um, I don't think it's, it's an over-exaggeration to just talk about the ceiling of this Thunder team, even this season, much less into the future. And Chet was just absolutely phenomenal. Uh, the next one I have here, Josh Giddy. I said the perfect Josh Giddy. Maybe it wasn't perfect. Again, a little bit of an exaggeration there, but I thought Giddy had another really, really solid game. Maybe his best game of this recent stretch where he's been playing so well after that ankle injury that he had there against the Clippers, um, where, I mean, we've already talked about this on the podcast. Jacob and Silva and I were all there in person. Like it looked bad. It looked like a high ankle sprain. Like he might be out five to 10 games. He comes back after missing only what one game, I believe. And it's just been fantastic. And has kind of continued that momentum that, that he had heading into that injury ever since 12 points for Josh, eight rebounds, four assists, six of 10 from the floor, all while being booed on the road again. Maybe just a little quick aside. Uh, first of all, I thought the booze kind of started to dwindle a bit as the game progressed. Not nearly as well as they have been, which is a good thing. Uh, I'm also getting very annoyed by all the, again, you can't get absorbed in social social media. But I'm still seeing like, oh, you know, you know, all, all the ridiculous comments about Josh and his situation after it got blown up um, on X.com, formerly known as Twitter. <laughs> and there's been additional information that's come out. And obviously, the league hasn't found anything. Police haven't found anything. <clears throat> but ultimately, it's much more fun for casual NBA fans to boo when he's on the road or to you know tweet out about his off-court stuff, whatever, whatever it may be. But the fact that Josh has been able to respond to that has been incredibly impressive. I was a little curious. Again, Thunder, we're on a big homestand here over the past week, week and a half. And uh, Josh played really well, kind of found that momentum. Well, tonight, that momentum did not stop even as he was being booed. And I only mentioned that just because we talked about that in our uncontested group message that we have. Like, the boos are getting a little obnoxious, a little overblown. But I did kind of notice those boos start to dwindle as the game progressed. And again, time heals all. Uh, I'm not trying to be insensitive towards the, the off-court situation. Obviously, it's a serious allegation that should be looked into. All that being said, Giddy's been able to overcome it. And it's really playing well right now. I mentioned this a couple nights ago, Wednesday night on the post, or it, it was a post game podcast, but it was a group podcast. And I mentioned the, the decisiveness is what stands out to me the most. He's not really hesitating like we saw early on in the season. He's creating for his teammates like we saw so much over the past couple of seasons. And he's moving so well off ball to get to his spots, leading to some easy floaters. Um, I, I think about, especially in that first half. He was finding open teammates who were cutting, moving off the ball, but that created some opportunities for him to get the ball back, 
and be able to get some wide open floaters that he was nailing. And that's just huge for this team, especially when Giddy's being defended by, again, by the opposing team's centers. Uh, we even saw a play there. I can't even remember when this was. If it was late in the second quarter and the third, there was a pick-and-roll play between Shea and Josh that led to another opportunity for Josh to get an easy floater. And like That's exactly what the Thunder need to be taking advantage of. Mark Dignall, again, more and more credit to Mark for putting Giddy in positions like that. For example, setting picks for some of his other playmakers, leading to other opportunities for and or facilitate uh, creating points for his teammates like it's just this is the josh that we've wanted to see in a more limited role as guys like dub have taken a bigger bigger leap and chet's obviously in the lineup now not enough can be said about josh giddy in his game uh, i thought he had a fantastic game tonight and it's really exciting to just kind of see him string some of these games together that's the biggest thing uh, even early in the season we saw him have a couple big games that'd be followed by another kind of stinker <laughs> and that hasn't been the case uh, and against the defending champs even if they were without Aaron Gordon I thought was significant that Josh played this way really curious to see how he plays into this upcoming brutal schedule Thunder have in January we'll talk a little bit about that as well but just wanted to touch on Josh and and his play that he's had I mean he had MPJ just an absolute hell <laughs> I mean it was a uh, really fun to watch mpj isn't the best defender he's also far from the worst and i thought josh did a fantastic job even just one-on-one -on -one with him so next big theme i want to get into some thunder team stats mainly rebounds and stills uh, but as a whole the thunder has some pretty incredible team sets that i think are worth mentioning 51 rebounds to denver's 36 and that led to 46 points in the paint the nuggets actually and weirdly uh, had more points in the paint by only a little bit. I think it was like 51. I don't have it pulled up in front of me. Like 51 points in the paint to the Thunder's 46. But the Thunder out-rebounded the Denver Nuggets with Nikola Jokic, with DeAndre Jordan playing a lot of minutes. Like, that is significant. We talked so much about this team and kind of their big weakness, obviously. Their glaring weakness is the rebounding. Well, tonight, like I mentioned, the Thunder out-rebounded a great rebounding team in the Denver Nuggets. Just kind of looking at the box score here, going through the rebounds. Chet had six, like I mentioned, which is significant. Lou Dort continues to crash the boards, had four rebounds. Shea had four. Here, J-Dub uh, was only one away from leading the team. I almost said he led the team in rebounds. He had seven rebounds himself. Uh, we'll get into J-Dub in his game here in a second. Josh Giddy had eight, which is a huge thing. Again, kind of going back to my previous point of Josh Giddy, his usage has gone down. I think Steve Thunderfan on Twitter uh, had really – we're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. A good kind of breakdown of Giddy's recent game, kind of usage going back down and, and Giddy kind of settling into that role while he's crashing the boards again. His deep, his rebounding percentage, not just defense, his rebounding percentage has gone back up. And when Giddy is rebounding the ball, like become accustomed to the triple-double threat, right, over the past couple of seasons, that is significant for this team. So Giddy led all rebounders for the Thunder with eight rebounds, or actually he tied with Jay Will, who also had a fantastic game. I don't even have him. Weirdly enough, he had zero points. That's wild to me, watching Jay Will's game. Uh, I, I, I don't have him on my big themes, but I thought Jay Will played a, played a fantastic game, especially defending Jokic and some of those bigger uh, players that the, the Nuggets had. Another great game for Jay Will, and we saw a lot more minutes for him. Just like we saw the last time, the Thunder played Denver in Denver. Uh, thought Jay Will had a great game, so he also had eight rebounds, four assists um, in 16 minutes. I mean that he had a, a some significant stretches there, especially in the first half, and again in the second. And then from there, Aaron Wiggins had five. Continues to do Aaron Wiggins things, save basketball, and we're continuing to see that and his impact. And it's great to see Wiggins continue to get more and more minutes there and kind of become a staple in this rotation. And then outside of that, just kind of a, a team effort through re- rebounds for Casey Wallace. Um, and that's really it. But like I mentioned, the, the Thunder's rebounding effort against the Nuggets, it obviously was a point of emphasis, and it paid off a ton of dividends. But it wasn't just the rebounding. It was the, the defense as a whole. I mean, like I mentioned, the Thunder held the to 93 points tonight, which is insane. I mean, they're only missing – Aaron Gordon, <laughs> uh, they held, and I understand they're on the second night of back-to-back, but like I mentioned, the Thunder were on their third game in four nights. They held Jokic to 19 points, 10 rebounds, uh, 9 of 10 shooting, but only allowed Jokic to get 10 shots off. That's pretty phenomenal. Um, but like I mentioned, they, they the Thunder created 10 steals to Denver's six, and they had 25 fast, breaks po- fast break points to Denver's 13, and I sound like a broken record on this podcast every time I say this, that the Thunder, especially this Thunder team with the versatility, their athleticism, when they get out in transition, they're at their best. And we've seen Dagnall actually mention that here, you know, here recently. Uh, I can't remember. I want to say it was at the beginning of the week, but he mentioned playing like the, oh, it was before the Timberwolves game, mentioning, you know, them with their bigs, right? The, The Twin Towers and Cat and Rudy Gobert. And one thing that he mentioned is stretching them, stretching those bigs out. Obviously, when you have Chet, who's so versatile from the perimeter, that helps a ton, but also just getting them in transition and making sure that they are able to get that defense set. Well, we saw the emphasis yet again with this Denver team, who also is big, and uh, maybe not quite, you know, they, they don't play the double bigs necessarily, like we saw with the Timberwolves. But that's been the emphasis for this Thunder team, and that is when they're absolutely at their best. And so I just wanted to mention that I thought the Thunder really played to their strengths there, did a fantastic job. And we have guys like J-Dub coming in the second unit, which is a really good transition here to my next point, uh, my next big theme. But when you have like you know guys like Aaron Williams, I mentioned, like any of these guys can rip the ball off the rim, push the ball in transition, 
and make sure that those opposing defenses, those opposing bigs can get set, set up. That's how you win a rebounding battle like they did tonight against the Nuggets. So I think those big themes there kind of, sorry, the the steals, the transition points kind of tie into the, the Thunder out rebounding the Nuggets. Uh, we've seen a big emphasis on that over the past handful of games. And it's no, again, it, it, it's no coincidence that the Thunder <laughs> have won so many of these. Like I mentioned, it's a really good transition, I think, to my next big theme here, which is Dub and his star impact. Only 11 points. Uh, let's see. I'll go ahead and pull up the box score here. His shooting wasn't necessarily great either. Uh, four of 11 from the floor, two of five from three. But he continues to impact the game at such a high level on both ends of the floor. Seven rebounds, nine assists, two steals, and one block. It's just absolutely absurd. The stretch that stands out to me the most was that fourth quarter where he had two huge, both of those threes that he made were in the fourth. And also he created another opportunity. I can't remember who hit the third three-point shot. It might've been Isaiah Joe, um, but that was all led by Dub in that second unit. He was a large catalyst there and were a large reason why the Thunder got up big when they did while Shea was out. And when Dub is able to kind of, I mean, Sola and I talked about this before Jacob dumped, uh, before Jacob jumped on here on Wednesday's podcast, but Dub is filling that role in that second unit so well when Shea says kind of filling that Shea void, but also just making the right plays. I mean, that's such a theme that I've already talked so much about. Like I talked about it with Chet, Dub's doing the same exact thing. And I thought Dub just had a significant impact. The, the fact that he's able to impact the game um, on after having a career high in points a couple nights ago, he only has 11 points tonight. And yet those seven rebounds, those nine assists, like I say, zooming on both ends, two steals, one block. He was guarding everybody from Murray at certain points to even Jokic. He was uh, getting switched on to Jokic at times and was making it very tough on uh, Nikola Jokic, the, uh, obviously an MVP player. Like There's not enough to be said about Dub and his versatility, the way he's able to impact these games, even when he's not dropping 36 points, <laughs> right? And so, uh, again, just another really great but different game from Dub. And that's what's maybe so exciting. And, and another game where the Thunder go up, you know, they end up winning this one by almost 20. I mean, Dub was a huge catalyst for that and, and for, for gaining that lead, like I mentioned. Moving on to the big, or I guess the, the low-hanging fruit, MVP Shea. Shea, I mean, there's just not enough to be said about Shea Gildas-Alexander. 40 points. Four rebounds, three assists, only, or not only, 14 of 20 from the four, two of three from three, which is something I've kind of been keeping an eye on. I even have tweeted out from my personal account. Like, I don't mind Shea trying to get off some of those three point shots and step back threes that he's been doing, but they've come at less opportune times, maybe is the right, right way to phrase that. Seems like they've been a little forced at times, but that wasn't the case at all tonight. In fact, uh, Josh Getty, one of his big plays, was there, I believe, in the third quarter. Uh, he was on the left elbow, swings a one. It, it, the The defense for Denver was expecting him to kind of find somebody cutting down the middle of the floor to get a transition opportunity. Instead, Giddy kind of pulls pulls it out for a second and then finds Shea with a one-handed just like slingshot of a pass for a wide-open catch-and-shoot three, and Shea drills it. And when Shea's hitting catch-and-shoot threes with some of these other playmakers like Dub and Giddy, I mean, just fantastic. So to see Shea kind of hone in a little bit on that three-point shot and really just focus on attacking the rim, attacking Peyton Watson, who, who was the primary defender on Shea tonight, 
was phenomenal because Shea struggled recently uh, here in the past against Denver and, and their length and their versatility. And he was just amazing. I haven't even mentioned the 10 and 10 from the free throw line, made every single free throw attempt, was getting to the rim at will and had another two steals. I saw a crazy stat today. I can't even remember who it was or what account it was that tweeted it out. But Shea obviously is leading all guards in the league, but started leading everybody in the league with steals. And I believe it was something. We'll see if I can pull it up and find it. Um, pretty sure I took a screenshot of it. Really great podcasting here, but I have it. Okay, so it was Nate Duncan. We all, as Thunder fans, have our thoughts on Nate Duncan. However, uh, in an era where stills are down as a whole, Shea is a throwback is what he said. And the, the graphic that he tweeted out, Shea is leading – uh, all players with 2.8 steals per game. Uh, the second most is Donovan Mitchell with 1.8. And per this graphic from Nate Duncan, that would be the second largest lead over the field in terms of steals in NBA history. Shea is doing it on both ends, and it's just phenomenal that he's able to do so when scoring 40 points and just being absolutely unstoppable in the mid-range. We all know that Shea loves Kobe. That's kind of been his idol growing up uh, before he got the deal with Converse and his Converse shoes are kind of modeled off the, the Kobe model uh, with Nike. You know, his whole thing early on was hashtag whole lot of Kobe's. He's wearing all of the different Kobe shoes. He's a big Kobe fan, but it was Nick in our uncontested group message. It was uh, maybe Jacob, somebody else at Comiar. I think they all mentioned like watching what Shea is able to do watching how he's able to get hit to his spots, whether it's in the mid-range or whether, I mean, again, this still counts as the mid-range, but those some of those spins on the baseline where he's able to create separation and get his shot off over defenders like Nikola Jokic, who is huge. Like, there are some major Kobe vibes there. And I understand DeMar DeRozan is the, the mid-range kind of master that has been over the handful of seasons, but you get the D-Wade vibes, you get the Kobe vibes, dare I say, even some NJ vibes uh, here when Shea's doing He's just absolutely insane. Like I mentioned, some of the shots he made were just ridiculous. And then the third quarter alone, this is a wild stat. He had 17 points, almost doubling the 18 points he had in the first half. He had 17 in the third quarter. Uh, he's now second in the league with 40-point games for Thunder PR. I saw somebody else tweet out he's third, but Thunder PR says he's second, tied for second. I, I, I'm going with Thunder PR there in terms of uh, 40 point games this season. His career high is 44. Shea continues to flirt with that. Cannot quite pass it, but man, I hope we get to see that this season. And then the other stat he tied Luca for the most 30 point games uh, this season. Oh, and that was just a little after midway through the third quarter. <laughs> Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Okay. 
just absolutely absurd stuff from Shea. He comes in with like, I, I think he's been coming in. I mean, it depends on the matchup. We've seen him come in with about seven minutes in the third quarter this season. We've seen him come in with, you know, I think tonight he came in like around the five minute mark, four minutes, 30 second mark, and then still just continues to pick up where he left off. Just, I mean, what we are seeing from Shea is special. We think about Kevin Durant. We think about Russell Westbrook, uh, James Harden. We didn't get to see him here necessarily in his prime. You think about those two players that played here in OKC. Shea has completely taken up the mantle. It is very hard, especially when the Thunder are as good as they are. Second in the in the Western Conference, one of the best teams right now in the league, to not be talking about Shea as a bona fide MVP candidate. And I'm not talking top three. Uh, I think it's time we start <laughs> talking about him with the likes of Nikola Jokic and even Joel Embiid, who's obviously been out recently with an ankle sprain. He was just incredible, and like I said, just absolutely unstoppable. So those were kind of the big themes from tonight's game. Uh, but there was a tweet, and again, appreciate all of your guys' comments. I am going to Angal's comments. I will be sure to go through those here at the end. But I just have some overall thoughts uh, in regards to this team. There's a lot of excitement. Uh, there's some Thunder fans obviously clamoring for a trade. But a lot of it, like I saw today and yesterday, after the Thunder won two games back-to-back, that second game against the Knicks. A lot of talk about the Thunder. The window is now. You need to push all the trade chips that Presti's been collecting and push them all to the middle of the table and make the trade now, this deadline. I just kind of have a little bit of pushback to that. And that was kind of sparked yet again tonight. Uh, Mike Singer, who has covered the Denver Nuggets for a long time now for multiple outlets, um, he's sitting there on press row. I thought he had a really interesting tweet. He said, Scary discussion on press row right now. What if the Thunder doesn't need to make any trades with their treasure trove of picks? They're already scary and handing it to the Nuggets right now. These are national beat writers, people all around the league on press row that are talking about this. Uh, and I actually had a thread, like I mentioned, after that that Knicks game a, a day later yesterday. When I was seeing all these national media people and talking about how you know this is the window. The Thunder need to do this now. Sam Presti is not going to make some short-sighted move just because national NBA fandom or media are clamoring for it on Twitter.com. It's still Twitter. We're going to call it Twitter. And he mostly, look, he mo- and I'm not like super against any like uh, periphery trades. I, I think Presti most likely makes a smaller move or no move at all at the deadline. But people will declare that he's doing a disservice to his team, just like how everybody, uh, shout out what Termine, uh, I like to call him Termite, just like he was clamoring at the Thunder, the black eye of the NBA after one season of tanking, right? It was basically two seasons of tanking. The Thunder are already back here. Now, all of a sudden, after they go off on this incredible stretch here to start the season, it's, the, you know, Thunder need to make a win now trade at the deadline. Well, Presti was right back then during those two years of tanking. Uh, and he will be right again when he's preaching the patience, right? So I just think everybody needs to relax and enjoyed this young, fun Thunder team, kind of to Mike's earlier tweet that he had when he was talking to all the other uh, all the other media members on Press Row. But, like, look, social media is exhausting. We all know this is and very predictable. And what I was really trying to do with this tweet thread, which is kind of get ahead of the narrative that, quote-unquote, Sam Presti is holding this team back and doing a disservice to his big three by not trading for fill-in-the-blank, Laurie Markinen or Donovan Mitchell, I think tonight is another perfect example of that. Uh, again, I am not saying that the Thunder shouldn't make a trade at the deadline. 
I, I, I think I know, there's been a lot of names thrown out. Finney Smith, there, Royce O'Neill, both on Brooklyn, you know, um, trading for a big and even just getting some playoff experience for these young guys heading into the playoffs, I think could be significant. And we've seen Preston do that in the past. I think about the Taj Gibson McDermott trade, right? Where he was able to get some veterans to come in and help Russ in that team as they went into the playoffs. We absolutely could see something like that. And I'd be ecstatic about it. I'm not, not against that at all, but I'm not sure the trade to like push all of your chips to the middle of the table is available right now. I would not be surprised even if it is this off season, but at the same time, you have all these picks, all these opportunities. You have a significant bona fide big three established already this early into the season that you're going to have to pay a lot of money. Uh, again, that's like conversation for another podcast, which also is a little bit overblown. <laughs> but to be able to use those assets to trade up in a draft and get, I mean, there is sir, there are some significant players coming up in the next couple of drafts that could really help this Thunder team. Uh, again, continue to make additional periphery trades, like I mentioned, you know, throughout the next couple of seasons. You don't necessarily have to push all your chips to the middle of the table. So that's my little mini rant here at the end of the <laughs> at the end of this post game podcast. I'm not saying I, I understand it's the NBA, and I mean it, it, it's so fun with all the trades, transactions, free agency. I get it, and I'm going to be very excited regardless of what St. Presti does, especially if he makes a big trade. But I just think as a national media, if any of them listen to this, hopefully they do pump the brakes a little bit. This team is very special. And I think it's so important kind of to end this rant that you get guys like dub these reps, you get guys like Chet, these reps. And then when you get into the play, I mean, Shay is Shay. You get into the playoffs and they get those playoff reps, even if it costs you, you know, let's say they make it to the second round, they lose in the second round. Well, if they would have traded for fill in the blank player, they could have made the Western conference finals. I think it's so important for those guys, so the big three, to get these playoff reps uh, coming into the playoffs. And then, like I said, reevaluate in the offseason. And you have a team, and I understand windows can close fast in the NBA, but you have a team who can contend for a decade if they all stay together. So, again, there's just uh, my little rant there in regards to trades. And that was kind of sparked by Mike's trade, Mike Singer's uh, trade, Mike Singer's tweet that I thought was just kind of spot on and kind of uh, shared my feelings. I, I didn't feel crazy after I tweeted that out yesterday. All right, so let's go ahead and go through all these comments. There are a ton before we get out of here. My guy, Kerry, this team, it's very exciting. Shout out Connor B. He's always in the chat as well. He's super excited. Only four losses this year is crazy. That's from Curtis. Could not agree more. Uh, my guy, David Skelton, who's also uh, always in the chat and on Twitter, he said, we're winning chips. And that's what I'm getting at with my previous rant. Chips with an S, not one. Not pushing all, not doing an immediate trade to try and just win one. Uh, that's kind of what I'm getting at there. Connor says, Chet deserves an all-star spot. Uh, just a lot of excitement. Uh, Hotspot Casino, he's in the chat a lot as well. He said, this game is for all you Giddy haters. And I agree. That's why I wanted to spend a lot of time on Giddy and how well he's been playing recently. Uh, Giddy's been great, and I was very hard on him early in the season. But again, when he has started to adjust to this role and is still able to impact the game like he has, I mean, it's fantastic. Uh, the defense is a little bit of concern, a little concerned in the playoffs, but as a whole, I mean, again, just something to monitor with Giddy moving forward. He continues to improve. Hope he continues this momentum. 
Uh, Kevin Scott says Chet gets to see Jokic for the third time, and Chet is plus nine, Jokic minus 19 in terms of plus minus. It's a great point. Uh, Chet continues to adapt and learn and adjust after each team he plays. It will be really fascinating to see how he looks and how this team looks in their fourth matchup with the Nuggets. Uh, I believe it's next month. I could be making that up. They have one more matchup with them, but after this win, they can do no less than tie the season series, which is significant with a, a great team, obviously within your own, not just conference, but within your own division, it's something to keep an eye on. Hopefully they can get that, that final win against the nuggets after getting blown out at home to start that one. Uh, Carrie is going back to my dog comment. He said, this is the ultimate question, but who has the most dog in them on this team? And that's so hard. I mean, Kenrich Williams kind of struggled tonight in regards to scoring, but Kenrich has the dog. Uh, Case and Wallace, we've seen that. But Chet, man, what Chet's been doing this season, I think you might just have to give him that nod. But the thing is, Chet does too, just in his own way, right? I mean, doing what he does and doing it so calm and collectively, that is some serious dog. <laughs> and that probably will get clipped and be a sounder. Uh, shout out Silva. But what Shay is doing, I mean, Shay is in a completely different, unique way. Something to mention. I'm going to scroll through. Like I mentioned, there's a ton of comments. You guys are the best. Uh, so I'm going to scroll through here since we're getting towards the end of the podcast. Uh, a lot of uh, Matt Noonan, he, he's kind of touching on when I mentioned maybe some, um, some smaller trades rather than the big one. He said, I love Jarrett. He's one of my favorite centers, but I don't think he runs the floor enough. I think some people in the, the comments were talking about maybe Jared Allen. And again, that'd be super fun, but agreed. You don't want to trade for somebody who's going to just completely disrupt the identity of this team and how they're playing. I think that's something to keep an eye on. And a really good point from Matt. Let's see. Niner by nature brings up a good point. Second best team in the West while being the second youngest defender in the NBA. Well, <clears throat> they're the youngest team in the NBA, which is absolutely absurd. Um, Trying to find some <clears throat> that are on comment or on topics I haven't touched on yet. Yeah, Thunderdraft men mentioned uh, Aaron Gordon being out certainly helped. Could not agree more. But at the same time, the Thunder continued to play the teams in front of them and continued to take care of business, regardless of who, who they're playing. Uh, like I mentioned, the Nuggets might have been on the second night of a back-to-back, but the Thunder were playing their third game in four nights, and that's something. Uh, shout out my guy Trent, my good high school friend, TP putting the facts out. OKC, a top four team in the NBA. And then I'll keep scrolling here. Shout out my guy Jonah. JB just had a birthday. Player for the uh, Oakland Athletics. Thunder midline. Check. Yeah, that's right. Uh, my guy Jonah. My guy Stoney. Uh, friends of Nick. Very good friends of Nick Crane and I. Uh, they're in on the betting. And they've been making some money, I'm sure, off this Thunder team. Let's see. Finally, a lot of MVP talk. Shea is fantastic. I'm going to scroll all the way to the bottom because so many. Um, Jason Williams says Presty misses plenty, just not in the top 10. I think that's fair. Uh, I also made a little bit of a joke when I was seeing some comments about, or sorry, some tweets about Troy Weaver, like not wanting to trade Bog, uh, Bogdanovich and uh, regardless of the offer, unless he's just blown away and wanting to improve the team and go for like Tobias Harris. And I was just like, you know, I man, I understand that Sam Presty has the overall say in the organization. But it does kind of make you think, right? Like Troy left, Presty kind of goes a different direction in terms of drafting. I don't know. It's it, it's interesting. Uh, Carrie 
was laughing at my money line comment. <clears throat> he said, ML equals money line, Taylor. Did I say something different? Hopefully I didn't. Uh, anyways, like I mentioned, ton of comments. We could stay here all night going through them all. Thank you all for tuning in to the uncontested postgame podcast. A like I mentioned, a brutal but also very exciting stretch for the Thunder heading into the month of January. Uh, five back to backs for the Thunder, meaning ten of those seventeen or ten of those seventeen games are Sega Baba's. Probably why we've seen Mitchich. That's another little aside for tonight's game. Get some more burn, like. Mark's definitely going deeper into the rotations. My brother actually tweeted at me and said that heading into the beginning of the second quarter, Mark had already played 11 players. So again, depth is going to be huge. Health will be huge. No crap, right? Uh, as will recovery. So that's something to keep an eye on. But here at the Uncontested, we'll be, we will have you all covered for all of it. We're really excited for this upcoming month. Most importantly, this upcoming year. This last year, 2023, was a huge year for us, and it's all because of you all. So thank you all for tuning in. No Sunday podcast because of the holiday. Uh, there will be a couple of us there at the game, so we'll have you guys covered in terms of coverage, but no post-game, no group podcast Sunday. We might all try to get together for a New Year's Day podcast on Monday, but if not, we'll have you all covered for the post-game on Tuesday as the Thunder hosts another incredible team in the NBA with the Boston Celtics. So be sure to stay tuned. We'll have you all covered here at The Uncontested. Thank you all for tuning in and again for all of your engagement. And until next time, Thunder Up. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. 